here. Let's just look here in the Bible, Acts chapter number 27. And we're going to read in reading in verse number 21. Acts chapter 27 and verse number 21. The Bible said, But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and not to have gained this harm and loss. Now I exhort you, be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. Lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you today. We praise you, Lord, for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for saving us. And Lord, I pray that you'll have your willing way with us tonight. Lord, touch every heart in life. Help us, God, to draw nigh to you and, and say those things that need to be said to honor and glorify you. And Lord, all you do, we'll praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I notice here the uh, the Apostle Paul, as he's been uh, taken, of course, we know this story, uh, the story of the fact that he's been taken prisoner and, and is being escorted by the Roman soldiers here uh, in shackles and chains all the way to uh, uh, Rome where he's going to appear before, uh, before, uh, Herod, or before Nero there. And uh, so here we see, or Caesar, uh, we see here that he says in verse number 25, uh, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. I want to preach that I've just a little while on hearing God above the storm. Now here we heard just a mention ago about how the Lord is always with us. And, and that verse that uh, Brother uh, Doug quoted there, God said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. I remember years ago hearing Brother Jack Green, he's Oliver Green's brother, both of them with the Lord now though, but uh, uh, Dr. Jack Green, he made this statement, I never forgot it, probably been 35 years ago or more. And uh, over that, I'm sure, because it was before I started pastoring even, and that was over 40 years ago, but he was uh, mentioning that verse, and he said that verse means, uh, says the same thing if you read it backwards. It said, thee forsake, nor thee leave, never will I. I'll tell you what, that has always stuck with me. I'm glad that God always uh, uh, stands with us, and there we go. But here we see that this uh, uh, situation Paul has found himself in, it's not a situation, it's just really his life with God. Uh, the life that he's lived uh, uh, as a Christian, we're going to face persecutions and troubles and trials, and uh, sometimes we refer to them as a storm in our life, uh, whatever it might be. But here, uh, uh, the storm that we see taking place in his his life, uh, uh, we see that he needs to hear God. Uh, uh, he's been absent. You know, I, I kind of wondered here, did anybody recognize he was gone? Wow. It just said here that after a long absence, 
Nobody, I mean, it doesn't look like nobody went looking for him. Uh, you know, if he was off somewhere by himself and nobody knew, he just all of a sudden, he appeared after a long absence. Uh, and so here we see that he's uh, been there listening and talking to God. Uh, you know, prayer is not just a one-way conversation. It's not just a bunch of requests that we make known to God, uh, but it's things that we speak to God and God speaks to us. Uh, here Paul said God told him something. And God tells us things. He impresses upon our hearts. He speaks to our heart. That still small voice. And so here uh, uh, we're hearing God above the storm that uh, that he's going through here. God's speaking to his heart. Uh, and now uh, here he heard God above the news of the storm. The storm, there was the news was told. In verse number 10 it said, And, and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage shall be with hurt and much damage and not only the lading of the ship but also of our lives. Uh, so these men have been told about the news of the storm. The storm was coming. You know, whenever we have a, a storm coming, whether it's a winter storm or a hurricane or something like that out in the world, uh, uh, they give us warnings. You know, uh, you know you've been in the, uh, maybe a church at night and, and maybe it's a tornado warning or some type of special alert and all of a sudden, even if you got your phone on silent, it still goes off. They want you to hear that alarm. They want, they're trying to get the news out. And here we see that uh, Paul, he was trying to get the news to them. He's trying to tell them that God's wanting to do something and, and that they're going in the wrong direction. They need to be listening to the Lord uh, and uh, not listening to himself. And so here uh, he heard uh, God, uh, he heard above the news of the storm, but also uh, uh, hearing God above the noise of the storm. In verse number 13, it said, When the winds blew softly, supposing they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed by Crete. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurycliton. Now here, all of a sudden, they heard the noise of the storm. You ever been somewhere and you heard the noise of the storm coming? Uh, you know, and in the summertime, sometimes you can hear, uh, you you hear a shower of rain coming. Uh, you live out in the country, you know, you hear it uh, coming through the woods. Uh, you, the clouds moving along, you hear it raining down there before it gets to your house. Uh, uh, you kind of hear the noise of the storm. But uh, then also there's those real storms, uh, uh, bad storms, where there's thunder and lightning involved with them. And, and uh, maybe something terrible about to take place. Uh, and But hear the noise of that storm. These men were on board this ship with the Apostle Paul. He, they had been warned about a storm. They'd been warned about the hazards of not listening to what he wanted to tell them. It wasn't just that he wanted to be in charge of the ship. He wanted to tell them what God wanted them to hear. He wanted to tell them about the Lord Jesus. That's why he wanted to go to Rome. Uh, he'd always want to go to Rome. He wrote about it in the book of Romans. You know, Paul didn't start the church at Rome, but he sure wrote to them a lot. And uh, he, he prayed for them a lot. He cared about them. He wrote the book of Romans to them before he ever got there. I would hear the noise of the storm that came uh, uh, to you and I today. I'm certainly uh, sure that there's been times that you heard those, that noise coming. You saw that the storm was on the horizon. Something was about to take place. And then also there's the nature of the storm. In verse number 15 down to verse number 20, he said, And when the ship was caught, it could not bear up into the wind we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to be come by the boat 
And when we had taken up, they, the, they used helps undergirding the ships, uh, fearing lest they should fall in the quicksand, straight sail, and so were driven. And we being exceeding tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship, and the third day we cast out our, with our own hands the tackling of the ship, when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, and all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Now here, boy, they're in a storm, and they feel like that they've come to the end, like there's no hope anymore. You know, you know, how many of those men might have said, well, I sure wish they, uh, that captain would listen to, to uh, Paul uh, before we sailed this way. Uh, and they, they've taken ropes and they've undergirded. What I was talking about, they took ropes and, and pulled them underneath the boat uh, and uh, undergird, tied them across, sort of hold those wooden boats together and uh, that boat together there. But here, uh, uh, he's heard the nature of the storm. The, the nature of the storm is destructive. It's destructive. It can be destructive, especially if you're going against God. Now, I don't know what the Lord wanted to do in between this time, but what we do see that he was dealing with people's hearts. You never know when God's dealing with somebody's heart uh, during a problem, during a storm. And so here uh, uh, we see there's that nature of the storm. But notice here that Paul listened. Now, in the middle of all of this that, uh, that we look at here, in verse 21 out of verse number 25, Paul is standing on the deck of the ship, and the storm is still raging. The seas have not calmed. The wind has not ceased. And, uh, you know, it just says that it was a strong wind. I say that there was rain with it, but it might have been. I don't know. I wasn't there, but I'm just going by what the Bible said. And uh, so here, but, but it was a strong wind. Have you ever been out on a boat and, and a, a wind came up and, and boy, that old boat can get to rocking, kind of make you a little bit nervous and, uh, you know, the thing's going to tip over or something like that. And, and uh, so here, uh, uh, Paul has got so much faith in God. He's got so much assurance of God. Uh, uh, he's standing up on the ship here uh, uh, while the wind's blowing and the wind's raging uh, and he's telling them everything is going to be all right. They'll just do what God says. And that's always the way it is. Everything will be all right if we just do what God says. If we just honor him. But here he listened to the voice of God as God speaking to his heart. Verse 23 and 24 there. He said, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, uh, saying, Fear not, Paul, uh, thou must be brought before Caesar. Notice that. Thou must be brought. Didn't say you might be brought or, or you should be brought or you could be brought. But he said, God said to me, Thou must be. In other words, Paul said, All about the rest of y'all other than what God said, but I know. I'm going. I'm going to go do what God said for me to do. I'm going to arrive at the destination God sent me on. And this, uh, this life that he's in, it's not just, uh, uh, he's not just uh, riding the waves. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, following the Lord and what he's doing here. And so here uh, we see he listened to the, for the voice of God. And also uh, uh, he listened carefully for the vision of God, what God wanted him to do. He could see, uh, uh, he's saying here that that there in verse number 25, it says, Wherefore, sirs, be of good comfort, or be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me, howbeit there we must be cast upon a certain island. Now that little verse right there just sort of stood out to me one day as I was reading this. And, and uh, you know, they had to be cast in a certain place. You know, God's got a certain place. You know, when they got to that place, God worked there. 
when they finally got there. And, uh, but uh, I want you to notice here that he, is, uh, he knew that there's a vision. He's always seeing that God's got something for him to do. God's never through with you till he's through with you. <laughs> and then you go home to be of the Lord. And then you can serve him down here all this life. So here, uh, he's listening carefully for the voice of God. He's listening for the vision of God, what God wants him to see, and also for the victory of God, the joy that comes in our hearts and our lives. Uh, we, we all go through experience in our life and as Christians and as children of God. We're put through the tests. We're put through the trials of life. Uh, but God is faithful in all things to love us and to help us. And I'm so glad that he still loves me. But here, uh, uh, he listened carefully. He listened continually. Uh, uh, he didn't stop listening. He's still listening for God uh, uh, even while he's speaking. He's still waiting on God uh, uh, even while the Lord is dealing with his heart and using him here in this service uh, or in this situation. Uh, uh, God's using him so here he listened continually for the message of God that message that God wanted him to have now uh, this uh, verse that I noticed here in verse number 26 must be cast upon a certain island now they were in the Mediterranean Sea the Mediterranean Sea is something like a thousand miles long anywhere from uh, 2400 miles long I think it was I read it and uh, it's a thousand miles wide anywhere from a hundred to a thousand miles wide and they got to find that certain place. they got to end up at that certain place. He said, we have to land in a certain place. You know, God's always specific what he does. We don't know sometimes what God's doing. We just follow him. Uh, just, just ride with him. Just live for him and he'll help us. And so here, uh, uh, he listened for the message of God. Uh, and there's still, I mean, even after he delivers this message, there's some difficult times that they still go through. There's still, the, uh, the storm has not ceased. It's still raging. It went on for another uh, couple of weeks even that they were out there tossed to and fro. And these men had gotten to the point where they were just hopeless and felt helpless. So here he listened continually for the message of God. He listened for the might of God. He wanted God's power. We can't do anything on our own. You know, I, I said I pastored 40 years. Two, two years prior to that, my wife and I, we went to Dalton, Georgia, worked at a children's home down there as house parents. Uh, and we were not much more than kids ourselves. <laughs> you know, I, I was 24 and she was 22 when we went there. Uh, we didn't know we were going to have any children. We thought we'd been married four years and, and uh, got there and found out that she was expecting. And uh, you saw him this morning. And so, uh, but uh, whenever we got there, and, you know, we had, uh, they had 18 children in the home. And somebody asked me one day, said, how many kids you got? I said, 18, one on the way. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so uh, we, but we were house parents there for two years before I started pastoring. And uh, anybody that works in that type of a ministry, I have a special sympathy, a place in my heart for them, a sympathetic place. And so here, uh, but we, in, in, in all those things, you know, even during that time, everybody think, boy, that must have been wonderful working with all those children. Yeah. And those parents too, those, some of them, you know, if, the, if they had parents, you know, that cared about them. But it, it was a difficult time. A lot of, a lot of things happened in people's lives. 
And, uh, you know, we went through, we uh, served there for two years and went on pastored for 40 years and, and uh, just living for the Lord, doing what God wanted us to do, uh, never thinking of ever even stopping anywhere. And I still don't intend to stop. Uh, you know, I used the term the day that I, that I announced to the church that I was stepping down, I used the term retire. And that's the worst term I could have used for me. For them, it was good, you know, but for me, it wasn't so good. Uh, you know, uh, it made him feel easy about it, I guess. I, that's what I was trying to do. And so uh, uh, I, I, I use that word, but I did not retire from serving God. You never retire from serving the Lord. You serve the Lord the longest day of your life. My wife's grandfather lived to be 98 years old. And uh, he uh, ended up in a nursing home after some time. He spent some time, his, uh, his wife had passed away and and his first wife passed away, my wife's grandmother, and he remarried, and that wife passed away. And, and then some of the grandchildren kind of took him in, and he, uh, some things happened to him. And we got to the place where the, he needed that type of care, and uh, he was in a nursing home not far from us, and so we'd go and visit him. And sometimes I'd go by myself and just go there during the day when I was out visiting others and uh, see him. And, and I asked him one day, I said, Grandpa, you know, at this time he had just turned 98, and he died just about eight, ten months later. And uh, I said, Grandpa, I said, uh, when I saw him, I said, the devil ever leave you alone? He said, never. He said, not. He said, even like, now he was 98. His mind was just as clear as a bell. He could tell you what happened 10 minutes ago or 10 years ago, whichever one you wanted to hear. Uh, but his body just couldn't, he just couldn't walk, couldn't get around. And, uh, he broke his hip and those things. And so, uh, but uh, I asked him about that. And he said, but. He said, but you know what? He said, I try to make the best of my situation. He said, I try to still honor the Lord. And he always sang in church. Note every hymn, you know, in the hymn book, probably hymns you and I didn't even know. But, uh, and he would lay down there in that uh, bed at the nursing home sometimes, and, and he would just start singing. People would gather around his door down there in the room where he was at. And uh, I've come down the hall before, and I look, and I see that crowd down. I said, well, the singing must be on. And so sure enough, get close enough, you hear old Grandpa down there just rear back, just to sing it away, uh, uh, whatever hymn that came to his mind, you know, and he would sing those songs. And, and all the days of his life, he, in his, as far as he was able to keep his mind, I mean, up until the very end, he served the Lord. He said he looked at that as his service to God. I'll tell you what, we need to realize that we never should give up on the Lord. We don't ever give up. Here, Paul was aging here. He was getting older. Uh, but he's not giving up on serving God. He's not giving up on living for the Lord. He's still honoring God with his life and uh, giving glory to the Lord, no matter the trials, no matter the troubles, and, and no matter what he's going through. And so here, uh, uh, he listened continually for the message of God, for the might of God, and also for the mercy of God. Oh, God's mercy, they're new every day, aren't they? I'm thankful for the mercy of God. I, I'm an unworthy, undeserving uh, sinner as there's ever been, but God saved me. And I still, I don't deserve it, but I'm glad that he saved me and all that he's done for me. And I'm, you know what? I'm glad what he's done for you. 
I'm glad for you. I'm glad for everybody I meet that's saved by God's grace. I'm glad what God has done for them. I'm glad that you're here tonight. I go into churches where that uh, people don't want to come back, you know, after uh, this uh, pandemic and all that, and, uh, you know, some uh, fear it and everything. But, uh, uh, you know, we, we want people to come back and to feel safe in the house of God. And, uh, you know, but I'm glad that we can come and honor the Lord and, and serve Him with all of our might for His honor and glory. And so here, the mercy of God every day, I don't deserve it, but God gives me the opportunity to serve Him, to live for Him. Unworthy, undeserved, but the mercy of God. Then also here, He listened confidently for God. In verse number 22, He said, And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Then notice in verse 36, the Bible said, and they were all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. Now here, in between verse 22 and verse 36, they still went through that storm for two weeks. Now, it took them two weeks to finally get cheerful. <laughs> It might be that if we just, uh, you know, be, be honoring the Lord and have the joy of the Lord in our heart, you know, maybe they, things will uh, uh, happen a little sooner or something. Maybe God will uh, help us. And, uh, you know, that's what he's trying to get us to the place where we'll hear him. Uh, you know, God doesn't just want to punish you and I. He wants us to have the love and joy in God in our heart and serve him, bring honor to him every day of our life. And that's what a lot of these trials are about. They bring us to our knees. And so here, he listened confidently for the promise of God. He was sure God was going to do what he said he would do. He's going to fulfill that promise. Not only that, but also he listened confidently for the possibility of God. That is what God was going to do. Uh, poss the possibility you know, are, are innumerable. They're, they're numberless, you know. God, uh, there's no telling what God can do in your life. You know, I, I never would have dreamed uh, whenever I got out of high school uh, that I would, I never even thought about becoming a Christian. I, I, you know, I thought I was already a Christian because I was a good person. You know, that's what I, I thought that. But it just wasn't true. I, now, what I had in mind of doing was uh, get involved in law enforcement. That, that was my desire. That was my goal for several years. And, uh, but then after I got saved, the Lord changed all of that. All of a sudden, uh, God put this call on my life to be a preacher. And, and I never, if you had told me when I, was, I graduated high school that night that I was going to be preaching and pastoring and, and uh, you know, serving the Lord, I, I'd have laughed at you. I thought, well, no, maybe somebody else, not me. And I know this. I do know this one preacher. He's an identical twin, and he said whenever the Lord approached him about preaching, he said, "Lord, you do know I have a twin brother." Is that maybe you're talking to him? <laughs> and he said he couldn't get out of it no way. His twin never has preached, but he's preached for years. He's still preaching, and uh, he's a matter of fact a missionary. Uh, to uh, to Spanish-speaking people. He used to be in Mexico. Now he's back in the States, up around Statesville, North Carolina. But anyway, here we, he listened uh, uh, confidently in the Lord. And also he listened uh, uh, for the promises, the possibilities, and for the power of God. We want the power of God in our life. That is, we want God to work through us. We want God to use us. What the brothers talking about preaching in the jail and people getting saved, I... 
for a while, I helped a preacher. He had a jail ministry, and, and I used to go into Knoxville City Jail in Knoxville, Tennessee, once a week uh, on Thursdays, every Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock, and go through there, preach to the different sales, witness to different people, and tell them about the Lord. And boy, you know, that was a, it was a, was a blessing to me. I mean, I, I enjoyed doing it because it was the Lord's Word. But, you know, you see all types of things that happen, types of people from different life, different parts of the country, and, and uh, different situations that you find them in. And, uh, but, you know what, I, I wanted the power of God. I wanted God to touch their hearts. It's not me. I, I walked in there one day and was going down to this certain cell block. I always preached that because I always uh, had about 12, 16 men in it, something like that usually. And, and I'd go in there and preach to them. And after I preached there one uh, day, uh, I always had another guy with me. It's always two of us always went in there together. And, and uh, this fellow come up to me. He said, I know why you come up here. I said, why? He said, because you want to go to heaven. I said, no, I come up here because I'm going to heaven. I said, I want you to go to heaven. He said, now my sister told me that, uh, that you was probably coming up here because you're trying to earn your way into heaven. I said, no. I said, I don't have to do that. Of course, I explained all that to him. And, and uh, you know, uh, that God in heaven saved me, and I wanted him to be saved. And uh, eventually, he did get saved. He was in there for a while. He did get saved. A few men got saved in there. Uh, you know, as we would go over, I was, went there for, how was it, a year, two years maybe. Uh, it's been so long ago, I'm getting old, don't remember. But, uh, but I would go in there and preach to them and witness to them. And i tell you one situation I remember. And the reason I think of it tonight, I guess, because this young man, he was, he was in a cell by himself for whatever reason. And he's in the section where usually they were intoxicated. And uh, he's in the cell by himself. And I went over there and I, I started to witness to him. And, and he was acting like he was asleep. I could tell he wasn't really asleep. And, and uh, so I, I talked to him a little while. And, and then in a little bit, uh, he never would look at me, never would respond. And finally I told him, I said, well, I'm going to leave you. And I said, I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you. And I'm going to leave you some tracks here and you can read them when you have time. And so I went to walk away. I just turned the corner, and I heard him say, Preacher. And I turned around, and I come back, and, and I said, Hey, how are you? And he started talking to me, and he said, You really believe that God loves me? I said, Sure, I do. And the thing about it was, he was from Kentucky. That's what made me think. And he was down there. He'd been uh, sort of uh, uh, traveling, drifting, and everything. had gotten them some kind of problem. I think it was public intoxication or something like that, the reason he was in there. And, and, uh, and he wanted me to call his family. He said, one thing, if just one thing, if you would do, just call them and tell them where I'm at. And I called them and told them, let them know where he was. I never saw him again. Don't know what come of him. But, but you know what I, I think about, uh, almost time I, I think about Kentucky, I think about that, uh, that situation, that young man, I called his family, let them know. You know, but the power of God touched his heart. I didn't know whether he's paying attention to me or not. I knew I could, you know, you can tell where somebody just sort of pretending like they're asleep. And that's all he was doing. And so anyway, I, I left and I certainly just trust that God touched his heart. Don't know whatever happened to him. But anyway, here, not only that, we see that Paul, he listened courageously. He listened to God knowing that when he went back to tell these people what he was going to tell them, some's going to believe him and some's not. And uh, there in verse number 34 and 35, 
He said, Wherefore I pray you take some meat, for this is for your health. Uh, for there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. And there were, the, and then were they all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. And they were in the uh, ship, two hundred three score and sixteen souls. Notice that it says souls, two hundred and seventy six souls. I was listening to a police scanner one day, and there in Greensboro, and. And I heard a call come out over the fire alarm. It said that, uh, that an airplane was going to have to make emergency landing. They were calling out all the fire fire, and all this stuff. Going to have to make emergency landing, smoke in the cockpit and whatever. What I heard later on was what it was. But they were just talking about the emergency landing and telling uh, uh, those uh, firemen that were supposed to be there to get there. They announced it. And, and uh, one thing that caught my attention was they said there were 69 souls on board. You know, he didn't say people. Now, this was back in the, in the late 90s. And he said there's 69 souls on board. And that, that used to be the term they used, I, I'm told. You know, uh, I don't know if they still use it now. But I thought, you know, would the God that we, we cared enough about people realize they're all a living soul. And here they, but there we see that these men, uh, 276 on board uh, that needed the Lord Jesus. Some of them did, and some of them already knew him, but, uh, but the most of them needed the Lord. But here, uh, he listened. He listened courageously uh, uh, with his faith and with, his, with the food. He gave them food to eat, and also with his favor, knowing the grace of God was there to help him. Then also he listened completely. In verse 41, down through verse 44, it said, In falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the fore part stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. The storm is still raging. Even when they get to where God wanted them to be, the storm is still going on. You know, sometimes we want God just to just to stop stop the storm, you know, just uh, Lord, just get me out of this. But, uh, but God wants to use it in order to get us closer to Him. He wants us to draw nigh to Him. And here, in verse number 42, of course, here when you know uh, the soldiers tried to, the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And so here we, in the verse 44, he said, the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. Uh, so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. Just like God said it was. God never stopped the storm. The storm raged, even to the point where they hit the shore. And the waves broke the ship apart. They lost everything. But to those who come to know the Lord, they gain so much more. I'm glad today that the Lord in heaven wants us to hear Him even in the midst of the storm. Uh, we need to be listening to Him in the storms that we go through that, uh, here in our lives as Christians and God's people. You know, there's always going to be a storm. It's always going to happen, but God wants to help us through it. Let's all stand.
Heads bowed and eyes closed. They come get us a verse of a song. Brother Doug, you come on back. And Maybe God's speaking to your heart tonight. and You need to come for whatever reason. Uh, the Lord knows. Would you come tonight? Just let God have his way in your heart. And uh, let, him honor, let him be honored with your life. And Father in heaven, we thank you today for Jesus, our Savior. Thank you for all you've done and all that you're going to do, Lord. We pray that you'll move upon every heart. Help us draw nigh to you. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you struggle to find good Bible-based resources to supplement your personal devotions? If so, head on over to ibcflorence.com today and click on Bookstore, where we have a ton of resources. And as always, thanks for listening.